Many of you do not remember the Ditto machine, but I sure do. I don't know what I would have done without it back in 1973 when I first started teaching. It offered the only quick, cheap way to produce handouts for students. Reproduction required a stencil, which was made of a master sheet attached to a backing sheet treated with purple ink. The pressure created by writing or typing caused the ink to be transferred to the back of the master, which would then be peeled off and wrapped around the metal drum of the duplicating machine. This drum was connected to a container of methanol by a wick, and as the drum turned, the methanol softened the ink and transferred it onto blank paper. Several dozen copies could be produced before the ink ran out. I mention this anecdote because I vividly recall the first such stencil I ever produced. I had just graduated with a Ph.D. in chemistry and was keen on communicating my knowledge to students. The only problem was that I didn't have very much knowledge to communicate, or at least not the type I thought I should be communicating. Oh, I was pretty good at atomic structures, chemical bonding, reaction mechanisms, and even thermodynamics, all the fundamental concepts that any chemistry student should master. But I knew precious little about real-world chemistry. That had not been part of my chemical education. I knew how to interpret complex spectra, but had no idea why carrageenan was added to ice cream. I knew how to make carbon-13 enriched glucose in the lab, but would have been totally stymied if someone had asked me to make lipstick. I discovered that when friends and relatives learned I was studying chemistry, they were more likely to ask me questions about toothpaste or shoe polish than about the nuances of the Schrodinger wave equation. I decided that when I finally got the chance to teach, I would always try to weave these everyday applications into my courses. Luckily, my very first year on faculty, I had the opportunity to develop a new course that was to feature dyes, cosmetics, cleaning agents, medications, synthetic fabrics, and the other common fruits of chemistry. These were just the kinds of things I was interested in, but curiously, chemistry in the modern world was to be offered only to non-science students. The pedagogical mentality at that time suggested that such fluff was fine for art students, but there was no room for it in real chemistry courses. Science students were to struggle with phase diagrams and molecular orbitals, not with ways to remove lipstick stains from collars. My view was that these real-world examples should be part and parcel of any chemistry course. Nevertheless, I was thrilled to be able to teach my art students about stuff I thought really mattered. I thought they should learn about suntan lotions, preservatives, chemotherapy, shampoos, and air pollution. I thought they should learn that chemistry is a living science and that there was always some breaking news. So I took to starting each class with a ditto handout about some current chemical happening. One day it might have been about the benefits of a newly introduced medication, and the next it might have mentioned the wonders of a novel plastic. The more I pursued this practice, the more I became captivated by the scope of chemistry— but something else happened as well. I began to realize that there was always a but. That new drug may perform well most of the time, but sometimes there are severe side effects. That new plastic may have fantastic properties, but there are environmental concerns linked to its production. In other words, I discovered that there is often a fly in the ointment. It became clear to me that any realistic discussion of chemical issues had to involve an appropriate risk-benefit analysis, and that is just the approach that my colleagues, Ariel Fenster and David Harp and I, now take as we offer applied chemistry courses to over 1,000 students from all disciplines at McGill University in Montreal, Canada, every year. In fact, we have given these four courses to almost 14,000 students over the past 24 years.
Much has changed since my initial attempts to offer a relevant chemistry course in 1973. Today, our lectures are available on the web, www.oss.mcgill.ca, and ditto handouts have been relegated to the dustbin of technology. But I still recall those old dittos with a certain degree of fondness. After all, they did spark many a fruitful discussion. I also remember, though, the headaches I used to get from the methanol vapors when I was running off all those handouts. You see, there was a fly in that ointment as well. So, as you journey through the following pages, you too may encounter some flies. You'll just have to judge for yourself just how much they contaminate the ointment.